On today's podcast, we're going to be talking about investing in crazy digital assets or digital companies that happen to invest in YouTube channels. YouTube channels are a form of the big three in terms of the digital world, e-commerce, SaaS businesses, and content websites. Simple Passive Cashflow is a content website, except I'm not looking to put out some crazy NTF thing to let y'all invest in simplepassivecashflow.com. It is a passion project of mine. It's been a great way to meet a lot of you folks and build a list of cool people. Um, that come out to Hawaii once a year. We are going to be doing that little mini wine tour in Napa Valley. Actually, it's not going to be mini. It's probably going to take us a whole day of visiting several wineries. We get on the bus. Everybody gets to meet each other. And make sure you go apply there because in these days, we vet everybody who comes. You're a weirdo. You don't get to come. And how do we figure out you're a weirdo? We get to know each other. And we also have a big enough community that a lot of people coming in these days are referrals from friends. So we've got a tight-knit circle at this point. So no random strangers. And I think our group is the only group out there that is not just like a fake it till you make it, be a general partner one day because you're broke and you got nothing other else going on. You know, most of our investors, although they are in their, they are younger, maybe in their thirties, forties at the youngest. And I say that with a lot of respect, a lot of you guys make so much more money than I could ever personally have done in the professional world. And you guys are high performing individuals in all your own respects that often we put on these events. I'm very flattered by the people who come, but the thing that ties us all together is we are pretty financially mindset and we appreciate financial freedom, but we also understand that we need to invest with people we know, like, or trust and have a small, close-knit community of other purely passive accredited investors, not a bunch of people who are looking to get to know us on a loose basis and want us to invest in their first deal because there's a lot of Fake it to you, make it groups like that. Trust me, been there, done that. And also got the t-shirt and lost some money doing that. There are a lot of those types of organizations out there, but we are not one of them. We are a exclusive passive investor group. So if you're looking to grow your net worth from one to $10 million, number one, check out our family office, Ohana Mastermind, but just check us out. We usually let people come to an event at least one time to just check out our community and then see what it's all about. Because personally, I didn't really start to get out of my shell until 2015 and 16 when I started to realize, wow, there's a lot that could be gained from masterminding informally with other investors. And then when I started to join different other higher level groups, of course, you have to pay a lot of money for that. And that's what I did. But there's really nothing out there for the purely passive accredited investor. Um, which is what I sought to create with simplepassivecashflow.com. Hopefully you guys can join us October 1st in Napa Valley. Simplepassivecashflow.com slash Napa is the info page for that. And here we are talking about YouTube channels, but hey, let me make one thing clear, folks. Just because we have somebody on the podcast doesn't mean that I'm saying to invest with them. Actually, I am saying the opposite. If we have somebody on the podcast or you see anybody on any podcast, do not invest with them. Podcasts are a great way to create that sort of fake type of influencer, all that content type of stuff to conjure up fake amount of followers. That's just how the altcoin work world is created and all these Discord channels out there. To me, the only way you can really figure out if something is legit is know another purely passive accredited investor 
get to know them organically and build a true deep connection and see where they put their money and have they had a good experience with it. And I'll tell you guys, anybody can do a podcast. It just takes a certain character these days to do it. Thanks for listening again, guys, and enjoy the show. This is a story about a dude named Lane. He moved to the mainland and bought one place to stay. And then one day he went and tried to rent them out. And then he became one real investor man. Hey, Simple Passive Cashflow listeners. Today, we are going to be talking about a different kind of investment that I've been looking at in this realm of buying not hard assets, real estate, but working businesses, you know, family offices, they don't invest in all this equity stocks, mutual funds types of stuff. That's a very small minority portion of their portfolio. When in reality, you know, it's businesses or a huge part is real estate. Some would even say at least 50% of their high net worth portfolios. Now, not saying that you guys should do this or the show is any sort of investment advice. You've got to be uh, silly to think that you can listen to a bunch of podcasts and get a bunch of financial advice. And even further, you've got to be even more sillier if you think that you can just go on podcast land, figure out who a bunch of operators are, and start investing with them. Do not do that, guys, unless you would like to win the Financial Darwinism Award of the year. All we're going to do today is talk about a little bit different opportunity. I'm not investing in it personally, but again, just want to get it expand people's thinking, right? Because when you expand people's thinkings to other things that you didn't think were investable or in the alt world, you start to do private money lending or you go into a multifamily deal or you buy a rental property. By expanding yourself, going a little bit past your comfort zone, you get past to where you, that block where you were originally. And a lot of you guys just need to, quite frankly, buy some rentals or get into it or move from 90% into equity, stocks, mutual funds, and get maybe 10, 20% into the alt side. Uh, I want to introduce Michael Kala, who works for an e-commerce content website that produces YouTube videos. And you guys watch a lot of YouTube videos out there, but it's pretty profitable for you know those folks out there that get a lot of views. And you can turn it into a business with Michael and his partner has done. But we'll start off at the top, right? Because I think most people here are pretty familiar with investing in alternatives such as real estate. And that yeah. that one line there just is crazy. Real estate is alternative investments. Wherever did that go wrong or that get into <laughs> vernacular? But let's get into something I've been interested in personally over the last few years. As someone who runs Simple Passive Cash Flow, a content website where I create a bunch of content and it creates relationships with people come back and then I'm able to, you know, we do the masterminds, we do the events, we do all kinds of things under this umbrella of simple passive cash flow. But Michael, why don't you just give us a quick outline of different businesses within the the internet space? It's funny you say this because going back 20 years ago, I owned a, a cleaning company. And so I bought, I'd worked on Wall Street for 10 years, got burnt out, was having my first kid quit, didn't know what I was going to do, ended up buying a franchise. It was a cleaning franchise. And I got really bored with it in 2007. So I got into the online space and started my first what is now today called drop shipping. It wasn't really a thing back then, but I would cold call like companies like Hoover, you know, vacuums and stuff like that. And the microphone I'm speaking into, I used to sell this online and we would drop ship it direct from the manufacturer. And the online space, as we all know, has just escalated tremendously and particularly with COVID. 
you mentioned YouTube before, we saw a huge spike in people now that they're home more sitting there online watching YouTube. And I, I was pretty active with my e-commerce company, which I sold in uh, 2013, and then also started investing in software companies, SaaS at that time. So I had a Twitter automation tool that we had 10,000 users with. And that was great because it was recurring income. And so somebody just signs up for, for a piece of software. If you build that software, it can run itself. And then we had individuals in the Philippines and Morocco uh, that handled the customer service for the, the customers. So that was a tremendous investment for us because that was just consistent money coming in $50 a month for each of those customers until Twitter suspended our API, which is always a risk in any type of uh, software business. I went from 10,000 one night to the next morning zero, which was like an oh no moment. But Throughout that time, one thing I've always done is use content to brand myself because that's great. And I've always been fascinated with YouTube, met this individual. His name is Saad, and he was working for, are you familiar with what family offices are? Just a little bit. We you run the work? family office, Ohana Mastermind. It's oh, that's awesome. $100 million families and above are defined as family offices. But what do you do when you're going from one to 100? That's the kind of the group that we have. It's more of a group coaching format. People want to get more involved with that, join our inner circle, simplepassivecashflow.com slash journey. If you've been listening to the Simple Passive Cashflow podcast since 2016, you have seen me well change my mind a few times. At one time, I thought buying a bunch of rentals was the way to financial freedom, so you could be that cool guy at the local real estate club with all the other misguided landlords. As I became an accredited investor, I discovered the three-step system that we use today. First, syndication deals where you don't invest with dishonest operators to get better returns than the 401k financial planner garbage. Second step, get passive losses to unlock the tax best practices that the wealthy employ. And last and least impactful, number three, infinite banking. If your net worth is not yet $1 million, check out my free turnkey rental remote e-course at simplepassivecashflow.com slash turnkey. All right, speaking to a credit investor to a credit investor, my one, two, three system is very simple to implement, but it requires plugging into a community of purely passive accredited investors like ours. Join our investor club for more insider access. Go to simplepassivecashflow.com slash club. Those who are looking to deploy more than $250,000 their first year or make over $300,000 in annual income or net worth over a couple million dollars should really look into our exclusive inner circle called the Family Office HANA Mastermind, FOOM for short. Learn more at simplepassivecashflow.com slash journey. So you're very familiar with it. So what Saad was doing is for that family office, he was actually doing this on YouTube. So creating content, it was all what's called faceless videos. So maybe like somebody famous, Evan Carmichael, Evan Carmichael, a lot of his videos online, they're all faceless, right? The motivational ones, 10 quotes from Steve Jobs, right? And people love, especially like in the entrepreneurial world, engaging with that type of content and it can get a million, two, three, 10 million views. And so what's great is obviously, as we both know on YouTube, once you have you know been approved by YouTube to be monetized, which means you have a thousand subscribers and 4,000 watch hours. Every time somebody watches that video, it's like owning a piece of real estate um, where you're getting you know, passive income from rent or you're getting paid passive income every time somebody watches that video. My definition of faceless videos for the folks, it's, really, it's those really dry, boring videos where you get... Sometimes it's a bit of an animated narrator, but it can be very like boring. The copywriter, which is the text, is typically good. It's not like a YouTube influencer. If you guys like YouTube, go to my Rich Uncle channel. We try and make it more for the kids out there where it's more personable. 
and it's easier to listen. Whereas if somebody just reads something to me, I just drown out personally. But yeah. the cool thing is you can turn and burn these things and you can churn this stuff out with very low, cheap labor, cheaper content writers to turn the stuff up. and you can turn it into a machine. It's repeatable. You don't need to get lucky like with an internet influence. Not at all. You just have to be very good with SEO and understanding what people are searching for online, what they're interested in, and then very good with, from the SEO standpoint, ranking the video so is that it gets seen because there is a ton of content out there. And so some folks might always say, you know, I know content creators and it, their stuff never gets seen. It could be that they don't understand SEO. So before we dive into content, we'll back up. We talked about SaaS. So SaaS is you build a little web app or application. I know what are some that are common that people think of? So if you're on social media, you most likely use some type of social sharing tool, right? Like Aweber. Or, These are, or... they're not entrepreneurs. So they're not using like TweetSuite or things like a lot of the web apps that entrepreneurs will use. About MailChimp. Of... Look at MailChimp today. MailChimp is a SaaS company and MailChimp was just purchased this morning by Intuit for over, I think it's $12 billion. And that's a yeah. privately owned company, but that's a piece of software, right? Yeah. Um, or, at the end of Mint. the day. Mint, Mint is a yeah. more consumer one. Correct me if I'm wrong, but like the way I look at SaaS businesses, it's the cool thing is it's recurring revenue, but it's, you create a product, but then now you got to go sell it. So it's more of a sales and biz dev type of, yeah, yeah. yeah. And the, so that's SaaS. Then the other third one um, is the e-commerce, which you mentioned you started with. Now, this is every guy under the age of 35 years old thinks that they can run an e-commerce business, but you guys are 20 years too late. (laughs) Maybe if you can list off the gurus in this space, when we say gurus, it's probably not the good to spend their $2,000, $5,000 program for stuff that happens. And I would tell everybody, be very careful when looking at that online. Like a lot of folks, or Bello, I believe is the name, will say, oh, we can start you through Shopify, an online dropshipping business, nothing to do, just invest $5,000 in this program or what have you. The reality is this, everybody else is selling that same product that is listed on their site across. And so it's a race to the bottom, right? There's no branding. You're not going to be able to compete. And there's so many people that waste so much money on those. And the only people really making the money are the ones who are selling courses on how to do this. And a lot of them have never even done it themselves. They watched a program and then they just came on. Like I literally in two that dropshipping was not a word like back then. I didn't even know that I was dropshipping. I used to go to conferences and literally go from booth to booth, just introduce myself, say, hey, do you sell online? And they would be like, no, we haven't cracked that yet. We sell online. Would love the opportunity to have a conversation. And just, I would sign on. And eventually, three years later, I was selling 200,000 products. And then all of a sudden, dropshipping became a thing. So it's uh, it's crazy. I forget the name of Dan Martell's site. He's a big guy in software, but I'm listed on it. And I had done a lot of coaching on dropshipping back in like 2015, 2018 frame. I still get so many calls from it from people that bought these courses and aren't anywhere from it because they thought it was so easy. And everybody just said, hey, it's a passive investment. It's not. It takes a lot of work. You have to be good at Facebook ads. You've got to be good at SEO. It's more than people think. And you're competing with people that are like the general masses. And so it's high competition and people that live in their mother's basement that do this all hours of the day. You think you can work a six-figure job, do this on your side time. You're incredibly mistaken. That's You're not a professional by the no. true technical sense of the word. You're not a full-time in, uh, person doing this type of stuff. And, and maybe what are some of the other 
things they tell you to do in this industry. Like they tell you to send in those cards with your product, say, Hey, we'll send you another one. If you just give us a good review or we'll pay, they'll pay you guys 50 bucks or they'll find influencers on spark Toro or whatever. And they'll pay them to show their, their ad or they'll just straight pay them for a review. They're just, yeah. or they'll tell people they can become an influencer today. And what's funny is like so many of them have been called out online because they go out and they buy fake subscribers. And then they're charging people to be an influencer. Again, another passive investment, but it's very not because they're called out eventually. They burn their account and then they got to start another one. Yeah. It's like when you have a really ugly kid and that they're ugly. And then the, the, the modeling company comes and says, oh, we can make them famous. You just have to pay this $300 for this photo package. Yeah, man. I, I got uh, to say my daughter is gorgeous, but I fell for one of those. I didn't fall for it. They got her on Instagram and said, oh, come on in. And next thing you know, we went in, there was a modeling runway and then dad's in the back saying, did you love watching your daughter on this runway? And I was like, yeah, this was awesome. They're like, listen, she's got potential. And for this, you can, I think it was $3,500 for a two-month program. They're like, we can get her amazing gigs. And if you want to you know, do this, which was a $5,000 program, it was just, bam. luckily I didn't fall for it. But I know friends of mine who have actually paid it. And then they say like at the end of the two months, they're trying to upsell them another program. And it's just, it, it's, I, again, as a parent, I can't stand paying yeah. people like that. So that's like the e-commerce world, right? You're buying yeah. and selling. And the people who are doing it right, they're, they're flying their butts over to China or wherever at yeah. the manufacturer building those relationships. And 100%, um, you have to, I've had stuff. And so I did a lot with, I was doing this thing. It was called an H2O mop. And I, I bought a half a container, sold out of it. I thought it was amazing. I bought a full container. It was a six-figure investment. While it was being shipped here to the yes to the U.S. in Edison, New Jersey, I got served a cease and desist um, from an individual by his name of Kevin. What's what's his name? Harrington. Uh, remember, but not Harrington. No. He is a this guy <laughs> is a Shark Tank guy. What is his name? I'm drawing a blank. But anyway, he's from as seen on TV. And so the mops that I was buying. At night in this plant in China, apparently they would swap and use the same molding, but then use different boxing. And so he basically reverse engineered, find everybody that found everybody that was purchasing them and dropping, drop shipping them, serve them with a cease and desist. So I was stuck with this whole container and almost lost a hundred thousand. Luckily, I came up with a clever way to get rid of them all. But I was like, I am never doing this again. And that's if I fly my butt, like you said, over to China to work with somebody. So that's the e-commerce world. It's like one of those things where it's if it's too good to be true, it probably is. You don't have to have any inventory. The people that do this right to fly their butts over to China and they have a big warehouse here in the States to house all these multiple scoops like thousands of scoops or products. Yeah. But so we'll talk, we'll stop talking about e-commerce because that's uh, something in it's, we, we mentioned SaaS, we'll get off SaaS, which is that subscription type of web app. And we'll now diving more into the third, which I'm most familiar with the content and the content can be a kind of a, a faceless video. Some of you guys are aware of like, whenever you Google something, there's some like more like HubSpot and like different kind of, aggregator kind of website visit hawaii or where people will they'll create that buzz that domain authority and then other websites or or people who want to buy ad space will pay under and this is how the internet works but it's more what i like about it is being an investor i like to throw things i'm more long, always long term yeah. i like to do things that minimal to semi hard work but they offer the returns far in the future and it's guaranteed you just have to wait 
real estate deals or planting vegetables in the garden. You do enough content and you, as you stay consistent and you're halfway decent, you might get somewhere in the future. Do you guys talk a lot about uh, the author of uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad? No. We try not to because he's just a he's just an influencer, right? That's all he and is. And so that's why I yeah. want to bring up like he he is big with content. He's a content. That's where he makes a lot of his money is the yeah. content side. And, and when you mentioned YouTube before, he's got a ton of faceless channels. Not only is he an investor in real estate, but he's a very big investor into content. And, and in fact, I don't know if people realize, but like he does a pretty good job. He's a chameleon. Right. He'll use that book, which is, damn it, that's a good book, right? Like, yeah. I wish I had that book, but he'll use it and he'll lead it to different things. I think we all see from the real estate end, but he's also pushing it to a bunch of young kids doing SEO, e-commerce stuff that you have to own your own business. I see it as the lead minute for essential oils company, yeah. you know, all these little mom and paws, but Huge that's the thing. Ammo. Yeah. Tony Robbins, he's a big one too, right? Like he has so many different like ways he monetizes his influence. He's 100%. got like the fi- he affiliates with financial planners. He just dumped his last guy. I forget who the, the new guy he works with and JV's with, but he's got all these like health type of products. This It's brilliant. When you as the consumer kind of understand this little game that's being played you start to realize that santa claus not real and easter bunny is not real yeah mouth drop no it's it, it is a game but i i can say again i'm 49 i've owned a lot of different businesses and have just been involved in a lot of things and you think the grass is always different until you really get in and you learn the way that it's being operated and that it is a game and that it does take work at the end of the day and it it takes what is the saying like Luck and opportunity is just, you need luck, but you also need to put yourself in the right position. And, you gotta be in that right spot. You but you also work, need, work. you also need luck. So I think a lot of people listening are very familiar with financial blogs, the yeah. financial, the PF blog sphere. So I've been always into the space as a consumer reading content. I don't really these days because they're just a bunch of broke guys who don't buy any $4 or $5 latte yeah. and they don't like to go into debt. But I went to FinCon one year, which is a, just, I think it was in Florida. Okay. Several years Orlando. back. Yeah. There's like 10,000, just these use a um, certain level of magnitude, 10,000 financial blogs slash podcasts. They do. And so it's going on this month in Austin. So in September, I believe. And so I'm not going this year. I go more to network and just meet that top 10% because it's all about partnerships and collaboration. But to your point, a majority of them are just BS and they're just copying each other's content. And they have no idea what they're talking about, which is scary. Like taking financial advice from not that a 21 year old can't understand it, but they have no battle wounds and they're just preaching what they've read in a book. I don't agree with that, especially when it comes to money. Yeah. Some of them are really good. And the, to me, I, I got to have lunch with a lot of them and a lot of them have like really, they write really good stuff. They're very interesting pieces, whether I agree with her, but nobody reads it other than themselves. And you can tell them. And that's what I, I look at it as luck, right? Like as an entrepreneur or a blogger, YouTuber, podcast, like you can put all this stuff out. You can do 100, 200, 300 podcasts, which to me is like the level of commitment you need to put through. But if it if it's not good, you're not going to have anybody listen to it. But even if it is good, you may not get success. Which is and, and that's where like your guys' model comes in. You guys have picked the video platform, which is a good place to start because everybody watches more video these days. That's the uptrend. But you guys aren't relying on like a shining face a star right because a star is another Correct. rare commodity 
No, these are all non-branded for that exact reason. So we're sticking more to researching a niche before, right? And so is this niche get a lot of interest more from a viral standpoint? You know, I was speaking to somebody earlier that wanted to do a cryptocurrency and, but that comes with a lot of risk. Why? Well, there's rules on YouTube. And so if you make an investment recommendation, that video cannot be monetized. And so they'll demonetize possibly that video with, and also that would mark your channel if you were to try to get you know, money from YouTube to show an ad on that. And then all of a sudden somebody marks it as, hey, they were making a recommendation. Next thing you know, your channel's demonetized and now you've lost out. And we're really strict with what we will. So we like channels, we just uh, were looking for an investor in a golf. That's a lot of fun. There's so much you could talk about with golf. And there's a ton of people that are searching that each and every day. So we could review the top golf players in the world and show inside their houses and the mansions. We have a sports channel and you know we have a video on it that just took off. It was Floyd Mayweather's in seeing car collection. Don't know why people want to see his car, but they think it's the coolest thing in the world. It got caught up in the algorithm. And within a few days, it had a hundred thousand views. And so that kind of thing will die. But if you really get caught off and you're putting financial capital, meaning like advertising it on YouTube with some money or with Facebook ads, you can get a video that takes off and is getting you know a million views a month, which is going to bring you in several thousand dollars a month in income just from one video. And so it's about stacking good quality videos over and over again. Not all of them will take off, but for the ones that do, it, it becomes a, a, an ATM in a sense. Now let's take a sports YouTube channel that you create. What does it cost to start on your guys' part? And is it just you have a creative director and like a video editor? Is that kind of how it works? We look at how many videos does somebody want to upload to a channel on a monthly basis? Once we determine what that is in the niche that they're in, we then have internal tools that we use called an algorithm that's looking not only on YouTube, but outside of YouTube. What are people doing online? What are they interested in? In the masses. We don't want something that's just like a thousand views or 10,000 views. We want to see what are a hundred thousand a million, 10 million people searching for. When that shows up on our radar and we see that's doing good on another channel on you, that then is passed off to our content creation team. And what our content creation team consists of is it's going to be somebody that will actually go out and copyright, write out all, write a script for somebody who's our voiceover specialist who will then, once that video is created, by graphic designers and video folks will then final step, go through and do the voiceover of that five to 10 minute. And then what we do is once that video is uploaded to YouTube, we have an entire secondary team that's going to go in and then optimize that video from an SEO standpoint to get it to rank. So when you upload a video, most videos, when you upload them to YouTube, they don't do much. And so what you have to do is you have to go out and start doing one, putting financial capital behind it and advertising it on Facebook and on YouTube and on Google. Number one, number two, reach out to people who have emailed that list to see if you can get them to email out uh, that video. Because again, once more people are watching it, there's an algorithm in YouTube and it starts seeing that more people are engaging with the video. It will start showing that video to more people potentially. The last thing that we like to do is when you upload a video to YouTube, you tag videos. And so a tag is basically passive income, real estate investing. So you can put a certain number of tags up for every video. It's very a character limit. And you want to watch those when you go into the analytics, which is part of our process every morning for every channel. It are, is one of these keywords, meaning real estate invest, maybe our video was ranked on the 12th page of YouTube when somebody typed in real estate investing, but all of a sudden it's on the second page of YouTube. Why is that? 
Maybe it's a different keyword. And so now what we do is start optimizing those keywords, changing those tags, and that can get a video to really take off on YouTube, which is great. And so a lot of YouTubers don't do that because they just fully don't understand it. And that's why you see a lot of channels that start and then stop because they don't realize, they don't think there's a lot of work to it. They just think, oh, create a video. And then my video is going to take off. But that's not the case. It's really that secondary step that I was explaining that because it's all. And then the the thumbnail. Thumbnail is a huge thing. And so we're constantly changing thumbnails to test it out. You have to. Yeah. So that's the process in a nutshell. One question I had is you start with a a new channel, right? Mm -hmm. Do you start with like maybe a bunch of videos just to get it going, maybe a dozen, a couple dozen of piecewise content just to have something there? Or do you start right off, start off the bat, you start to really sniper in what are the keywords? Am I going after a Floyd Mayweather video that kind of went viral? Um, If people haven't caught on yet, like this is what businesses do. They have a business plan and they add value to, in this case, it's not worth anything in the beginning. It's just an empty YouTube channel. Six months. yeah. Yeah. But like on the apartments, we try to do the interior upgrades first because that's what people will pay extra 100 200 bucks a month for and the exterior stuff kind of gets put to the wayside or whenever it's convenient or especially at the end it doesn't really bring dollars in the bank so in this virtual value add kind of business what do you what's a first or is it yeah. so we're going to the, the really initial thing that we're doing with a channel is when people come in and get started with us, again, we're doing all of the work for them. It's determining how many videos um, that they're going to be wanting us to upload on a monthly basis. Once that's decided, that's the number that we're uploading. But what we're really doing differently in the beginning is trying to monetize the channel as fast as possible, meaning that we need to get that thousand subscribers and 4,000 watch hours. So we always allocate a certain amount of dollars every time we upload a video to marketing that video online. But in the initial six months, what we'll do is to get it monetized faster is we'll put additional capital behind a video that we start to see get some action. So is that that can help us, bam, trigger that channel. So if you can trigger a channel in the third month to get it monetized, that's just faster income for an investor. So that's really what we're doing in, uh, in the earlier stages. A little bit of both, right? You're make, maybe making a handful of videos and then out of one of those that are the better, best out of the bunch, you're, you're turbocharging it with paid ads. Uh, 100%. Google, Google, Facebook, YouTube. Um, and we're watching it much more closer because sometimes the first, like we've uploaded videos that for four months, they just, they do nothing. Maybe a thousand, 5,000 views. But then all of a sudden, within the three-day time period, we just had this happen with a, another video. It had over 100,000 plus. Didn't do anything to it. It just got caught in the algorithm. And so the more financial capital we as a company put behind those videos that we do start to see move, the faster it is as a return. So that's what we're really doing in the first three, yeah. four, five, six months of a channel. So you got you got five videos you uploaded, right? Most of them suck, just like most videos where they only get maybe a few hundred views or less. And yeah. one of them has a hundred thousand views, which is a lot of views for a new channel, in my opinion. Yeah. How much would you throw down on ads? Like for like, that? Yeah, like so two examples. One on that Floyd Mayweather example, we put zero money behind it because the channel isn't owned by an investor fully. So we didn't put any money behind it which is fine. It got caught in the algorithm because we were changing what's those tags that we were speaking about a little bit earlier. 
Now, on the flip side, when we do put financial capital behind it, you, it's not a lot. Like our max that we'll recommend sometimes is a couple of thousand bucks. And then just bam, once that happens, the return on a per video basis is insane. Yeah. Like what is 100,000 views is a lot of views. I think more in practical sense, it maybe goes up to 10,000. Yeah, views. but we have a fashion channel with that gets 40 million views a, a month, 40 million views a month. But why, like you're familiar with the compound effect. So the yeah. compound effect is you got to remember like all those videos we're uploading and we do what's called evergreen videos. So they'll still be watched in years two, three, four, because people are still interested in that. We don't want to put something up like about SpaceX. The, SpaceX is taking off today. Like we wouldn't do a video like that for somebody because it's relevant to today. Nobody's going to be searching in three years from now. But, you know, how a SpaceX got started, somebody would be searching that. You want evergreen stuff. So investors out there, this is like some people, like unsophisticated investors, they always invest up like the shiny object thing. Like yeah. when a hurricane comes in, Hurricane Harvey, they want to go in there and invest in the area or they always invest off gimmicks, right? Like short-term rentals or something like that in a certain area during certain times. This is no different what's going on here. So like the nearsighted investor is going after, oh, SpaceX, the rockets flying up or the Tesla model, whatever that is releasing this month or like well, the Ford F-150, the lightning thing. It, it just came out. You'd make videos about that, but then nobody watches it. And so like, that's where a lot of channels go wrong. It's 100% what you just said. They are missing out on the compound effect. They are because like in three years, a channel, if you have strategically thought everything out and created evergreen content consistently, followed a formula, done good SEO, those videos in month one, three years ago, are still being watched three years later. And now all those other videos month in and month out. So now you're stacking. So let's say you have 300 videos and you've done good work over a two year period and going into that third year a good percentage of those are still being watched plus your new videos that are being uploaded, right? So that's why from an income standpoint, income appreciates and compounds exponentially as a channel stays older and older. But if it's not evergreen, it's not going to work. Yeah. And, and in this business, it's a doggy dog world. It is not working at a job where everybody gets paid between a hundred and a few hundred thousand dollars for being really good and halfway decent. It's one out of hundred thousand million YouTube channels are good. The rest are just horrible. They don't do anything. And maybe even if they do have the systems, the staff to do every one little step along each side of this workflow. It's hard. My, I love my son. He's 19 years old. Yeah, he just graduated high school and he's got a YouTube channel about the walk. And he's always coming in and talking to me in my office about why his subscribers fluctuate or his income fluctuates with it. I'm like, let's look over your last five videos. So you, you have great content. People engage with you all the time about The Walking Dead. But one out of every five videos you're uploading, you start talking about a new game that's coming on whatever he plays. I don't even know. Like, I'm not a gamer, but Xbox or something. Like, so when he's doing that, it's I'm like, all those subscribers, which look, your subscribers decreased when you came out with that video because they're not interested in that. So they unsubscribe. Whereas that, I think a lot of YouTubers, they just, they don't have a philosophy. And if you run it like a business, you run it like a piece of property, right? Like you, you would do with an apartment building and you have processes in place and you follow. Well, somewhere down the line, like your, your kid just wants to make fun videos that he likes, which is not the point. If it's a business. 100%. I told him that. I was like, if you were going to do this, if you're not going to college and his goal is in four years to be making a couple hundred thousand from his personal channel that he wants to do, then here's what you got to do. 
Because then he says to me, oh, it feels like a business. Well, what do you want to do then? You know, yeah. if you want a business, you run it like a business. And yeah, no, it's, uh, and I think that's where ego comes into play with just a lot of people on any type, on the blogs, you see it and they just never monetize. But I have a good friend that does this in the blogging world. And so he, he makes good money for folks. He's got several different blogs that are managed. Now that's harder in my opinion, because it's actual content and you've got all this AI that's coming out and writing content that I think is, you can tell that a robot's been writing it. There's a difference from that standpoint, but you know, if you understand the content game, it's a great opportunity. And some insights for folks, like all like the blog articles these days, guys, not to pop your bubble, but they're all written by AI. I know all, I don't. I use some of them for the headers and it grabs yeah. my research for me, but th- I can t- I could take it another level, but it just would waste my time or no. waste the staff's time in my opinion. But like you can write, have them write the whole thing out. GPT-3, it's new technology and it just keeps getting better and better. And it's all, yeah, yeah like, it, it's written by. And, and this is why you don't want to do a blog. That's why, because robots can do it now and it's just mudding the waters for it the is. most part. So let's go back. Maybe if you can give people some sense, because- I want to have some people get some get excited about this stuff a little bit. So that Floyd Mayweather, right? Outlier, of course. We yeah. got a hundred thousand views without juicing it. That would make what like twenty bucks a day, or how much? Yeah. Does that- so it's every channel always different. So for instance, YouTube right now will pay more for gaming channel than they would for celebrity channels. So we have a lot of celebrity channels, celebrity gossip, very popular, but. Gaming, although you would think gaming's huge, they don't have enough content yet for the search volume that's coming in on YouTube to watch gaming. So they'll pay same viewership, 4X the amount per view in the gaming. Now that will change at one point. And it, it, it just, so most of the, the folks, like from an investment standpoint, when they invest, they also want to enjoy the channel. And so some of them like to share it with their friends and family and you know what have you and say yeah. that they own this. And that's super cool too. When you have a video that takes off in an algorithm and it gets a million views, you'll make $10,000 off. Yeah. So a $100,000 view video would be like- A hundred bucks. bucks a day. Okay. Yeah. And that will start escalating and then it will also decrease. And right. that in every video. So it just depends- how long is it staying in the algorithm? When do you take your foot off the gas of putting more fuel behind it? And when do you have to start accelerating? Because you want it to stay as high. Also, it's can you rank for a word like by itself? Again, Floyd uh, Mayweather, can you rank for just that? So Floyd Mayweather's house, Floyd Mayweather's income. Okay, but if you could rank for just the word Floyd Mayweather, how many other people are going in and typing in just the, the masses type in that versus a, what's called long, long tail? So we start off trying to rank for the long tail keyword, ultimately trying to come in to a big thing like passive investing. If we could rank for that, like yourself, like that's really big versus in the beginning, you got to go long tail. Yeah. So it's not like for those of you guys are trying to find similarities and hard assets, real estate goes off forever. In fact, the returns go infinite after a certain point, but like the videos here, Floyd Mayweather, he's not going to be alive for you, you could think about like oil rig, people invest in oil and gas or ATM machine. It's just a decaying yep. asset after a while. It's not going to be worth jack and it's not going to perform and, and cash flow after a while. So that's how you have to think of it, right? And you're, as you're trying to and create that's why your portfolio. you have to be putting content up all the time. Yeah. We, I see it with people all the time. Somebody bought one of our investor channels for a lot of money and they stopped uploading videos because it had all these, so they stopped for three and then was wondering why like the income was dropping so fast. And it was dropping because YouTube rewards people who keep 
producing content. And that's one thing too. If you keep producing content, but the quality of the content drops, that's another thing where the channel will just start dropping very fast. So it it's there's a lot of work that happens behind the scenes that folks, you know, just don't understand. Right. But if you understand what happens and you follow, it's very consistent. Yeah. It's predictable. So here's a hard question to answer, but if you can give just a broad answer. So my Floyd Mayweather video, it's not mine, but if I, if somebody had it, right, that makes a hundred bucks a day, which isn't much, but it's showing signs of light. If I turbocharge that thing with, what do you say, a couple grand of yeah. ads, what would the views go up to? Guess yeah, so me. 10 million of views. What it will that? go exponential. 100x or is it a yeah, thousand? You could go 10x. You don't like it's It's unpredictable from that. So we know we won't make an investment if, unless we know we'll make the money back minimum. But obviously the, the goal is, is we're shooting for, can we invest the least amount to get the most amount of views? Can this video take off and get a uh, different topic, basketball? We had a basketball channel and this isn't very often. Yeah. But let's go back, let's go yeah. back to Floyd Mayweather. Okay. So if I put in, drop a couple grand, instead of $100 a day, what does that go up to? Like $1,000 a day? Could go to $10,000. Yeah. I'm recouping my investment in that one ad once I found a, a, a winner. 100%. It target that ad. You could be part. So how do you get people? What is the $2,000 going towards exactly? Like what's the creative that gets people to click on your Floyd Mayweather ad? Or is it just some algorithm that you, you pay to get in the algorithm to get to the next video or something? Yeah. Like? How would we invest the money internally, you say, for that owner? What is a $2,000 to push Floyd Mayweather's video? What is what? How do you do that? What are we doing? So we're reaching out to the number one thing we're doing is reaching out to other channel owners and cross collaborating with okay. you know, okay. to see if they'll promote our video on their channel and get a shout out for it with a call to action. That's number one. Two email lists are huge. So before we're doing Facebook ads or YouTube ads themselves, we're definitely outreach is uh, the number one thing. Yeah. So this is... I put this in the category and pain the butts, what equity is. You can make a lot of money doing buy, rent, rehab, repair. There's also a lot of risk, but in this case, it's not really a risk other than just losing your, your money and paying an influencer a hundred bucks and they don't share or they share your video, but nobody watches it. And um, it's a numbers game. It's reaching out to as many. And that's why we've had YouTubers come to us to manage their channels because they just, they don't want, they know what the work is. And so we have a system in place. We follow it. It's not for everybody. There's a lot of work. That's why we're not afraid. Like we have a, it's an investor manual. It's, I don't even know, 300 pages, I think, or 200 and change. We share everything that we do. I don't care. Somebody can go and take it and try to do it themselves. They'll realize after a while, it's hard. You have to be very good. Importantly, right? That's the YouTube changes the biggest... all the time. And so yeah. if you're not staying up with YouTube's rules and what you're allowed to, one of our biggest um, investments in is copyright issues. We're very careful with that because if you get strikes against your channel or the music that you play in the background of a video, if you're using something that's copyrighted or if you're using the actual editing. So if I'm using Floyd Mayweather, but I'm showing 12 seconds versus nine seconds of that actual clip, that channel could be flagged for a while. And you don't want that because if you have too many, you eventually lose out from the opportunity of making a return on your investment. And we don't want that. So that's where we invest internally a lot is staying up to date with what are those rules? What do we have to do when we're uploading content? Because we want to protect. And that's also why we don't share a lot of the channels that other investors have, because then you can have competitors going out there and you know trying to, to do something to, to mess with the channel. We don't want to do that either. So we leave that up to the investor. If they want to share their channel, like I have a family, I think I shared before, you know, loves golf. 
and they think it's very cool, they want to share that with their, their friends, their family, great. Other than that's up to them. Yeah, I think where this really comes, can be magnified is if you're, say, let's say you are an e-commerce person, right? You sell uh, weighted blankets or you sell like kitchen shear. You buy a channel that's in there. You push your product through it. Or... Yeah, it, it's funny you say, I just spoke to a big angel investor before I was joining you. And that's what he's looking for is he wants to start an entrepreneurial channel. That's just going to be like 10 fun facts about Steve Jobs, 10 things that you didn't know about Elon Musk. And his goal is that to get it to one of those channels that are getting 10 million views. And then halfway through the video, we're going to interject an ad. So it will look like it's coming from YouTube but we'll stop our 10 things about whoever and interject an ad about, hey, are you a startup? And if you are and you're looking for financial capital or what have you, click down below and come and watch this free 30-minute webinar. And then it will come back into our video that we're creating. So our content team um, will always be just inserting that ad of his in the middle of our content. Now, that will affect the channel when we go to sell the channel, if you ever want to sell it in the future. It's somebody else's business advertised in the middle of the video, and we can't change that ever. So that's yeah. the flip side. He doesn't care about that, but that's we always make people aware of that. Yeah. So that's what family offices play around where right? they buy businesses that supplement each other that are in the same industry. When you mm -hmm. they magnify the businesses of others. Most people here, if you're ten million dollar and above, you're not listening to many podcasts here. Most people listening are somewhere between one and ten. Maybe probably not to that stage, but I think it's interesting to get insights of how wealthy families do this type of stuff. And it, to me, it makes so much sense, but you need a lot of money to pull, off, pull this, pull this Death Star strategy off. Definitely. Saad, who's um, my business partner, he's been, he, that's how he started, uh, was doing this for a family office back in 2006. And they were investing over seven figures into this, but they saw the opportunity. They understood. It's like owning a billboard. Yeah, I don't know if you've ever had anybody on your show about billboards, but there's a lot of money in that. And that's what this for is. This is an advertisement in the middle of interesting content. A billboard is just a popular road you're driving down and you see this billboard. That billboard owner is making a lot And if you look at how family offices made their money initially, how they got wealthy is they concentrated on one thing. They were an operator of some business. And then they diversified into half real estate. I think that's the safer way of going to build your wealth over a long period of time. But you also look at the people, I think Forbes did a study of the, the Fortune 40 or 400, right? People that were there, then they did a study of the people that left it. And the reason why they left it is because they were too much concentrated in one area. So yeah. what got them there was also knocked them off the horse. So yeah. it's, it's the prudent advice is to concentrate in the beginning, whether for a lot of people listening, the way you guys are going to get rich is investing in value adding, yeah. but at some This point, is 10%. What we do is only 10% of somebody. It shouldn't be more than 10%, in my opinion. But I'm a big fan of Charlie Munger. If you haven't read the book, read Old Charlie's uh, Almanac. It's like this big. It's phenomenal, but it's a great book. And that's Charlie uh, Munger, who's Warren Buffett's partner. That's their investment philosophy, right? It's boring but it's what makes money consistently over time. And then you could take 10% and try different. The trouble is on YouTube and podcast land, and some of the guys listening are broke. They're under a million dollars net worth. And some of the advice that they say does not apply. And then you got guys like Kiyosaki spewing off a bunch of random stuff to different different things at different channels, different audiences. Yep. And it's even making it more confusing. As you say, <laughs> diversification is for idiots or something like that. Like it's yeah. just so much noise out there. It makes it so difficult. Yeah. And I don't understand that also, you know, like when folks are like bashing also you hear with real estate or whatever, like it's dead. I don't think so. 
It's not going yeah. anywhere. I've got investment property. I would never sell it. I'm not going to. So yeah, no, I'm with you. But, but that one always gets clicks. The real estate market is it's going to crash, right? It's yeah. What it is. And that's how a company like BuzzFeed has, you know, become who they are. It's just a very good copywriter makes a ton of money uh, because that's what they're doing. I don't know if you've ever heard of a girl financial. They're very big in the finance space for newsletters that you can subscribe to for 2000 to $5,000, right? A newsletter. And that's all when you read through all the, the headlines for the newsletters, it's all clickbait. That's really what it is. Some of the writers are very good. Don't get me wrong. And that's what you're paying for. It's they got to get attention in a noisy world. That morning Brew, a great example of a SaaS business. Yeah, just that morning boo and who's that that just sold the hustle? They just sold to HubSpot, and that was brilliant. This morning again, Mailchimp was purchased. You've got the hustle that was bought by HubSpot for thirty million dollars. They wanted the audience, and it just made sense to, to HubSpot. When it's a content company, that's what the hustle was. And that's it for the show. Again, the disclaimer is do your own due diligence. And people always ask me like, hey, have you heard of this guy? Have you invested with this guy? Guys, I don't do that anymore. I'm not giving out any financial advice. If you guys want to get in the inner circle, join the family office of Hana Mastermind. Uh, we've got over 70, 80 people in there. You got to pay to play. Sometimes we'll do you know events where you guys can interact with some of the live accredited investors within our community. But Due to some people finding out about us, people have found it a great place to coach off very trusting investors in our group. So we've had to close the, the walls how Japan did in the 1900s. If you guys want to join that, go to simplepassivecashflow.com slash journey. Or if you don't, just throw down your money everywhere and hopefully you don't blow your leg off stepping on a landmine. All right. See you guys. Bye.